Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Yeah, Michael's back. Uh-huh, Michael's back. Yep, Michael's back. <laughs> oh, my goodness. It's my favorite hour. I get a chance to talk with my son. Best time ever. Oh, I wish all of you could, could just experience what that's like as a mother and a son. Welcome back, Michael. How are you, honey? Thank you so much. I'm fantastic, and uh, back after a couple a couple weekends of, of festivities here in Los Angeles for my birthday. Um, again, starting last weekend, the birthday was actually earlier in the week, and then this weekend. So it's been a good time. It's been a great couple of weekends. You really knew. I mean, you've always known how to celebrate, but you hone in on it. You make sure that what you want is what it will be. And the people that come out for you, Michael, and the, those that you come out for, it's just a beautiful, uh, the synergy between the two is just beautiful. So congratulations on getting to this age. And, you know, you, had, you haven't had that big number yet. You got a ways to go. But I can just <laughs> imagine what that big number is going to be like. <laughs> well, I mean, here's the thing. The, the majority of my childhood, I, I didn't throw big parties. I had a really bad experience. I think it was my seventh birthday party. Uh, and all the kids there broke all of my toys. Literally, I was holding up the last toy up in the air, and they like uh, reached up into my arms, tore the toy from my hands, and broke it. They broke every single one of my toys, with the exception of, I believe it was a m- m- motorcycle that was on the cake. And that, that toy I actually kept for years. It was the only toy that survived the whole party. And so ever since then, every party I would do uh, for my birthday was one or two people, you know, maximum. And I was always worried about, okay, are these two friends going to get along? But that was my idea of a great party, and I was perfectly fine with that. Um, And then starting about, I think maybe 2012 or 13, I decided to throw my first big party. Um, And at the dinner, I think I had 14 people, and then I had table service at a club afterwards, and I had another maybe... 20 there um and there were some points where i almost cried i mean i just was so overwhelmed that all those people showed up and it was really fun and wonderful and i said okay great i can do this i have a a larger (laughs) party and and really that was it once i saw that each year i've done something pretty big but you know if between 10 and 20 show up i'm always astounded that 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 many people were were willing to come out and 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 and, uh hang out with me you know and and do these things i want to do um, but especially after 2020, you know, I had friends that held back their their birthdays after 2020. Um, 
and never got to go do their birthdays. In fact, I have a friend, she turned 40, and she was like, oh, you know, I'm, I'm kind of busy right now. I'll do a big party in like a month or so just because I'm so busy. And then the, the lockdown hit, and she never got to do her 40th birthday. And she was Aww. just, it, it never happened. So after that, knowing that, you know, the world can stop at any moment, I think even more so I'm inclined to make sure that, hey, let's just do it right now. Let's do it big. Let's make it happen uh, because you never know. You know, Michael, I've been revisiting I'd say for the last three weeks, maybe even four, revisiting how and when the COVID um, lockdown all started. Um, when I first heard about this new virus that had entered the United States, it was all because of you. Uh, there I was in Boston with Denise, her husband, and uh, the two children at the time, not three. They now have three. Um, but I will never forget how... Um, how you got me on the phone. I was lost. I, I love to drive around and get lost, but it had gotten darker. And I was like, okay, I'll just figure my way. I'm not putting the address in. I'll just get there. And you called and you said, Mom, whatever you do, you need to get on a plane like now. You have to leave now. There's this new virus and everything's going to change tomorrow. The whole world is going to change. It's a pandemic. And I went, Michael, do you remember that? Yeah, you didn't believe me. <laughs> I did not. I was like, oh, come on. But your voice was so concerned. I mean, I, I, I could feel that you were really terrified for me, for Venice, for her husband and the children. And I finally what? said, okay, I'm going to the airport tonight and I'm going to leave. And you said, okay, promise me you're going to get on the plane. I got on the last plane out of Boston. Mm -hmm. And the next day, everything shut down. Right, because you were going to get stuck in Boston for months. Yeah, and, and that's it's why not a year. It's stay not there. A year. If, if, if not a year, yeah. yeah. And I was like, you, you have to leave. Like, this is your one op opportunity to get out of Boston, back home to the Twin Cities, and then you could deal with everything else from there. And here we are today looking at, what, two and a half years uh, nearly, you know, because it really started and they knew about it in, um, what was it, October or November of 2019. Mm -hmm. I mean, we are, we're going on two years and we'll soon be into two and a half years. And I don't know. Do you think that we will be out of this soon? I mean, that's the, the golden question everyone is asking, but I think it, it's not uh, when we're going to be out of this, but what is out of this look like? Uh, I don't think the version of the story where, you know, COVID's just gone and it, it's a complete afterthought. I'm not sure if that's possible anymore because of the politics involved in all of this. Um, but I, I am hopeful for, you know, what we're seeing now in states where, where most of us have the vaccine, where it's still an issue and that there's still breakthrough cases that are happening uh, all around. But uh, fewer and fewer people are dying or, or are going to the hospital every day. So I'm encouraged that that could be more of the norm across the country as more and more red states get on board. Um, but just having it gone, you know, no one's talking about it. I, I'm not sure if that's a thing. I think this is going to be. Um, a part of our daily lexicon for years to come. Yeah, so the, the holidays are upon us. You know, Thanksgiving, Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, New Year's Eve, New Year's Day. And the big thing is the protocols change from time to time, right, when it comes to COVID. And how do you encourage the people who are unvaccinated to come to a party? I asked that question of our listeners earlier today, tonight. And, you, you know, you wonder... Is that even possible? What do you say? What you're asking, how do you encourage them to go to a party? No, no, no. How do you, have... If you have a party for Thanksgiving 
and everyone wants to come, but there are those that are unvaccinated. Do you say you can't come, or do you yeah. say you have to wear the professional mask? If you don't have that, you have to go. No, you just can't come. And I, I say that so easily because I live in Los Angeles, where that is the norm everywhere now. You can't go indoors almost anywhere in Los Angeles without having the vaccine. And the parties I get invited to, it's on the invitation, must have a, have a vaccine, boosters encouraged. So here, that's just commonplace. I mean, that you, you can't go to a restaurant, a bar, go see a movie, go see a play. You can't go to a, a, a sporting event, a concert, uh, your friends' parties. <laughs> you know, it's most of the things. Like, you really have to work hard now in Los Angeles um, to find a place that is not going to ask you if you have your vaccine card. Um, so yeah, if you're having, uh, you know, a big Thanksgiving, a big Christmas and everybody has the vaccine except for, you know, these few holdouts, yeah, maybe don't go, <laughs> you know, cause yeah. how do you trust that person to wear a mask the entire time? Also, that's just, no one wants to do that. No one wants to be in, in a mask indoors at Thanksgiving or Christmas. We, we missed a whole season uh, of the holidays. Everyone wants to go and give big hugs and eat food and laugh and talk. We need those holidays now more than ever. So I don't think people are, are going to be willing in, in certain areas of the country to forego having those experiences because someone doesn't want to get the vaccine. It's, especially if, if they don't have a good reason. You know, uh, kids are just now able to, to get the vaccine and some really young kids still can't. Other people have conditions, et cetera, that don't allow them to have it. So, of course, there's exceptions there. But culturally here in L.A., where I believe we just hit the milestone of like 70 plus percent of people in, in Los Angeles. I thought it was the United States. Maybe ours is higher. So don't call me on this. I have to go get the number. Okay. But I think we, we hit a higher number where uh, the, the vast majority of people in, in, in um, Los Angeles have at least one shot. Um, so we're doing really well here, you know, but it's, it's, a, it's a tough question for families. Um, but again, everyone wants to keep moving forward and out of this, you know, and be able to see their family and laugh and love and eat all the food. I mean, that's, that's the goal here, you know? <laughs> yeah, excuse me. I just ate something and it went down the wrong pipe. I apologize, oh, no. Michael. So sorry. Don't worry. That happens to me all the time. It's all right. Yeah. Oh, I hate it. Anyway, I do want to mention um, how COVID protocols have added about 5% to the cost of film and television production budgets. And that's according to an analyst by the California Film Commission. Now, the study is the first to precisely quantify the cost of COVID compliance, including COVID testing and distancing and isolation measures. Producers have previously given anecdotal figures ranging from 10 to 15% of their costs going up. Have you heard about this? Yes, and, I mean, and this is very much expected. I mean, of course, the, the, the COVID protocols on film sets uh, in, in all, all the major areas where people film uh, movies and TV shows they're expensive. It's not just the COVID protocol officer on set, the person who runs all, all, the, all the protocols on, on set, but just all of the tests, uh, especially I think they're called A, Zone A. So the main actors in, in a movie or TV show, they're being tested multiple times a day. Um, and it's just part of the whole routine. It takes, it takes a, a, a lot of resources to buy all of those tests, you know, to have those done in, 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 in fast time. Um, all the protective shields, masks, 
hand washing, et cetera, set up all the zones. It just and then it takes more time, of course, because each actor has to get two tests before even going to set. And this again is if you have the vaccine. So, yeah, that's very much to be expected that the budgets are going up five percent or more to um, stay compliant to the rules that are self-imposed. I mean, Hollywood put these rules on themselves to allow them to, themselves to be able to film, uh, uh, you know, projects. And so, is that cost? A lot is that, is that definitely going to hit the bottom line of the studio for sure, but not nearly as much as not being able to film at all. That would cr- cripple a studio if they couldn't make content to put out. So I think they're going to go ahead and take that five plus percent uh, on the chin and say, you know, if that's what it takes for us to make, you know, tens of millions of dollars on ha- actually having content to put out, we're going to go ahead and do it. Do you think that the cost is going to transfer to uh, an increase in the movie tickets? No. Uh, again, because 5%, yes, uh, with any budget, that is significant. But if you are investing you know, $200 million into a huge tentpole film, you're, you can, you know, 5% of that is a lot of money, yes, but people have spent that on advertising campaigns or one extra push in one country or an extra bonus to a big star. So it might change, you know, some long-term payment structures, but overall it's just going to get baked into the cost of doing business at that level. It's going to really hurt the, the, the smaller films, you know, where, yeah, where the independent what, the, ones, yeah, right. Because the cost of the test, and in many cases, are the cost of the test. In fact, it might even be more expensive for, for a small, smaller production that doesn't have the ability to buy, you know, in bulk or to have the, the leverage to get larger amounts of supplies. So for them, those costs, you know, five percent of a film that's two hundred thousand. That's that's a big difference. You know, you really need those extra dollars to help either with your cast or with your set, costume, whatever else down the line. So, But the industry will proceed. I mean, it has to move forward, when, especially at this time when people are consuming content faster and more than they ever have before in terms of our ability to stay home and watch whatever we want on all these streaming services online. Um, so they're going to just push through it and keep doing it because people want to watch more content. And with that, no, right. we got a break. Okay, let's take a break, and we'll be back in just a moment. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. 
Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Oh, I love this song. Welcome back, everyone. You are listening to Steel Talking and the Mom and Michael Hour. That's what it is right now, our final hour, and it's my favorite, favorite hour. All right, I, my son has already been talking about the the protocols that a lot of these film um, studios have to do in Los Angeles and around the world to deal with protocol, and it is costing them. Uh, some say that it's costing way more than that. So I'll stay on top of this, Michael, to see if that increases or we hear more about that. But I also want to talk about what you went to see. You saw the movie Spencer. Tell us what you thought. Spencer, Kristen Stewart starring as Princess Diana uh, in this new film from a from A24 Neons, I, I think is the, the studio behind it. Um, it's in limited release currently, so it's not in all the major theaters, which is why maybe more people haven't seen it quite yet. And it's definitely a, a completely different take on this film than I have uh, seen before. I mean, obviously, there's tons of content about Princess Diana. Um, where do I start with this one? It's okay, Kristen Stewart. We know her from Twilight. Of course, that's the film franchise that made her famous. She's done, she's done quite a bit of work since then. We've seen her do some strong performances elsewhere. And I would say, not having seen all of her work, this is probably her strongest acting performance uh, ever. I mean, she's really quite good in this. Her first really? couple lines, yeah, her first couple lines, I was like, I'm not sure if you're as good of a Diana as the Diana on The Crown, which is a TV show that I love. And uh, I forget who plays Diana on The Crown, but she's amazing. I was like, I'm not sure if Kristen Stewart is as good, but as the film unfolds, she really embodies the character in a way that I think is, is astounding. Um, that said, the film itself is just this slow, just drawn out, deep dive into misery, which I guess is the point, but it's, it takes place over one weekend and it just, it's like how many different ways can this film make, tell you that she's miserable and, and that things are terrible there. And the family is mean to her, and she's experiencing horrific depression. And what they're depicting on screen is really serious. You know, it's all the things we know about her and her, and her worst moments. It's really serious stuff, but they just beat you over the head with it. And it just keeps going and going and going, and the crying and the going, and it's dreary. And then they have these especially dark, dark, dark moments underscored by kind of this jazz fusion score and they're kind of they put you in her head and in, in, in her in her mental decline and you as the audience are spiraling down with her further into darkness. And in fact, even some scenes are even surreal, you know, showing the the emotions inside of her as actual events and then pulling you back out into reality to, to show that it didn't happen. But that's the turmoil she feels inside of her. And it just keeps doing it over and over and deeper and deeper. And by the end of the movie, you're just exhausted. 
<laughs> and not in the good sort of, oh, this deserves an Oscar way, uh, not in the way that you, you felt like you have learned something else about the human experience because you saw this film or you have been shown uh, a known story in a new light that was important. Uh, it, not that at all. It really just seemed like the inner tinkering of a filmmaker who said, I think I want to try to really mess with your head and do it with this story and see what I can do. Um, so her performance, again, wonderful. I totally see why she read that script and said, you know what, this is my way to some big awards and this could really change my career. And it very well may do that. I, we could be talking about her uh, in, in, in award seasons, uh, season coming up rather, uh, and her performance. I mean, it, it is standout, but the general ethos in which that performance exists, I found to be um, just, I didn't hate it. I just never want to see it again, uh, <laughs> you know, and I just didn't, it wasn't the most pleasant experience for me. So all of that said, it's a, it's a fine, it's a decent film. If you really love Princess Diana and stories about the family, this is definitely a new entry uh, into that, and it will add to your experience and your education about it. Um, if you are a kind of a tertiary, not tertiary, but if you are a surface level um, interest in, in the, 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 the family, you know, you don't have to run and go see this film. You can catch it on TV later on for her performance, but definitely no need to jump up and see Spencer right now. Uh, that was about as tragic as it comes, honey. I've never heard you give a um, review like that. It was just tragic. Uh, by the um, way, uh, yeah. before we move on, just to answer Michael's question, the actress that plays the Queen, or Princess Diana on The Crown is Elizabeth Debicki. Yes, she's amazing. And she she helps you like Diana while also empathizing with Diana, whereas no fault of Kristen Stewart's, but because of the movie, you you empathize with Diana, but you don't really like her because the whole thing is miserable. And yes, Mom, to your point, uh, the review and the way I told it matches the experience of watching the film. Okay. So here's the thing. I know that a lot of these studios around the world do not want any of us to forget Princess Diana. She made such an impact on the world. She impacted me. I mean, I was ready to put on my boxing gloves and go get Charles, you know, (laughs) (laughs) because I just thought it was awful the way he handled this whole thing and what his intentions were from day one. It's just Mm -hmm. awful. You would never want that for your daughter, you know? Um, And so just knowing this story, and we've heard it many times, we do have a couple of generations that didn't know anything about it, right? So during this time, we start hearing more and more about the stories. We go deeper into her, her frightening experiences mentally and emotionally. Does that help us? Does that help others that suffer with depression? Does it, is it something that is worthy to be seen in this particular one that you saw uh, called Spencer. Um, her name was Diana Spencer. That's, that was her name, and we all knew and loved her. I, I don't know anyone who couldn't stand her or thought, oh, you know, maybe there were people who thought it was ridiculous, the whole thing of royals. People just kind of go, why do we still have that in the world, right? Mm-hmm. But I must say it's a story that there are still young people that are suffering from 
some of the same things she did, depression, even though she, they aren't royalty. or They are people that have a very difficult time waking up and getting out every day. So maybe that's the reason we keep seeing these type of movies being uh, put out over and over again. We still see the old movies about Diana, the documentaries about Diana. You watch The Crown, so you get to see and remember so much about her as well. So that is the stuff I'm talking about, Michael. Do you agree with that? Do you think that it will continue to have a place as we keep having new generations? I mean, it just seems a reduction of her life and her impact to say that this film is important because it talks about eating disorders and mental health. I mean, those are hugely important topics that we should always talk about. But to your point, she was and is beloved. She was so much more layered and complicated and wonderful than her lowest um, points of her life. Yes, those right. are the, you know, chalk full of drama parts of her life. So it's, it's, it's good uh, material for uh, content, sure. But people tell stories about her because she's worthy uh, of stories to be told because of her impact, because of how she changed the, 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 her family, the country, the world. And right. the opinions around that, that's, that's the story. What did she do and how, how is it still impacting us? How, how do we look at the royal family now in the lineage of her actions and, and her iconoclastic behavior? That's what's important. Exactly. So to, to turn around and say, oh, this film is worthy because it talks about, uh, albeit important issues, but issues that are um, not the most important part of her, I think, again, is a reduction of her life and just further highlights all the ways this film fa failed. Well, you had a lot to say about that, and I really appreciate it, Michael, because this is, this is what we're looking for. Now, we got to take a break and then come back, do some weather, and we'll return with my son, Michael Battle, in just a moment. If your day sounds like... We need the report ASAP. You deserve Medella. If you've persevered through... You deserve this rich golden lager with a crisp and refreshing taste. Or if you overcame... Two more reps, two more. You deserve this ice-cold reward. Medella, the markable fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Now, with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. It is now 1039 here at WCCO. Welcome back. You are listening to the Mom and Michael Hour right here on WCCO. And it's my favorite hour, as you already know, because I get to talk with my son. Hey, Michael, I, um, I came across an interesting article. Now, here is a chef that I have admired for years. I used to watch Top Chef and, you know, anything she was on. I just loved, you know, her recipes and how she executed and... I mean, really, it was quite remarkable. Her name is Padma Lakshmi. Do you know who she is? Uh, Padma Lakshmi. I think that's how it's pronounced. Yes, I've heard of her. I couldn't tell you any other details besides I've heard that name before. So please tell me more. Well, she is a food industry titan, having anchored each season of Bravo's Top Chef since 2006. Wow. Two seasons of Hulu's Taste the Nation and authoring... Um, 
three book cookbooks, um, also a memorist, I want to know what that is. Her first children's book, Tomatoes for Neela, was released earlier this year. She asked an interesting question at the top of this article. She says, what have I learned? Sometimes I don't think you should leave it to God. I think God has better things to do than get you that job promotion. <laughs> now, when I first read that, I didn't find that funny at all, right? Mm-hmm. And then I started to think about it. And I said, you know, there's some there's some truth to that. I, I can see where it can land. What do you think of that? I mean, I laugh because sometimes I have that same thought. You know, people who, who believe in a higher power, we often find ourselves wrapped up in leveraging our faith for things that maybe aren't as important. And of course, I mean, you, of course, are in school and could probably write a whole paper on this. Um, But one could uh, counter and say, you know, well, God is omnipotent. And therefore, anything uh, that you might want to pray for, want to have God involved in is appropriate. But I think maybe her quote, having not, I don't know her or her background, is more speaking to Sometimes you should just do things uh, and take care of them yourself and leave the, some of the bigger things to your faith. So I, I agree with that. And if nothing else, if not, it's not a, a, a literal piece of advice, kind of a, an aphorism to remind us to focus on the big things and be appreciative of, of, of what you have. That's well said, well thought out, Michael. The thing for me is that when it comes to religion in this country, specifically uh, the religion I'm in, Christianity, um, you you were taught to leave it to God. You know, take your mm. burdens to the Lord and leave it there. You know? <laughs> and yeah. people have said this for, you know, for it seems like my entire life. Take it to God and leave it there. You know, a lot of people will constantly keep praying and keep praying uh, for someone and um, hoping that they'll be healed or that they'll get that new job or they'll get what it is that they've always wanted, that that great husband, all of that. And then there are people who say, no, it is not, you know, why do you even do that? If you're going to ask, ask one time and then leave it alone, right? That's one of the hardest things to do. So when you decide you want to have a conversation with the creator of the universe, God, whomever you um, see and hear and understand and believe in, what, how do you approach that? I don't think anyone can actually answer that question because I won't answer it for all of time, because whatever one believes, if you believe in a higher power, our wants, our needs, our perspective changes constantly, you know? And, and it kind of circles back into her quote. Again, it's just having that, that little aphorism to remind us in those moments where maybe our focus has drilled down too specifically. Uh, something to remind us to kind of come back up to the high, higher level overview of your life. And often... <clears throat> especially when it's about, you know, a promotion or some thing, especially material that we think is going to make us happier, uh, we have lost sight of of gratitude. And that's, I think, in Christianity especially, should be a a deep cornerstone of the belief is the gratitude. So uh, it's a wildly imperfect system in terms of how people exercise faith with things that are first world issues. Mm-hmm. Um, but if we can find more space in that practice to have, to have gratitude and to be able to step away for a second from things that we think are important and realize that maybe they aren't, um, that's the key. And I think appropriate to talk about this right before Thanksgiving. 
Exactly. Now she goes on to say, the biggest thing I hope I can foster in my daughter, Krishna, I find that interesting she named her that, is to listen to her gut. It's something my mother taught me when I was very young, and I hope I can cultivate that muscle because it is a muscle. Now that is so true, right? <laughs> listen mm-hmm. to your gut. Now, you know, your we taught you, you and your sister that when you were growing up. You know, whatever that feeling is, answer that call. You know, go that direction. Do that. You know, and that, that gut thing comes quickly. Do you still rely on that gut feeling? Oh, sure. You know, and uh, I, I have many friends out here. I mean, it's a very, it's become very chic in L.A. to be in tune. You know what I mean? It's popular out here now, but that's just how I was raised, and that's commonplace in, in our family. But, yeah, stay in tune to your, your, your intuition, and it's, it's a powerful thing, and everyone has, has it. Some, some people have more, uh, and lean into that. I think it's even more important now that, you know, we're having a lot more of, of culture clash uh, in our families, on the streets, in the workplace, and sometimes our, our logic or, or our, our, the framework of cultural inter- interactions that we're used to uh, working in and the rules uh, that we're used to abiding by in those interactions aren't working for us anymore because post-2016 and through now, there's been so much division that sometimes you got to just have the spidey sense to know, hey, this isn't worth it. <laughs> Let me right. step away from this moment, this conversation, this interaction, so that we can find a way to have a, a peaceful ending to whatever this conversation could be. And as a mother, it's um, it's really difficult because you may pour into your children exactly what you the knowledge and the respect and the love of people and um, places and time. Um, she goes on to say that I get a badge of good Indian motherhood if my daughter suddenly parrots everything back in Hindu or Tamil. I think it's pronounced. Uh, culture Tamil, yeah. is a res- yeah. Culture is respect for the family, not whether she wears Indian clothes or has a bindi. Then she goes on to say, "We, we, we gaslight young women. We expect them to be smart and sexy and nice and ambitious, but not too ambitious." Oh True. gosh, it is. Yeah. That's the put it on what? I need somebody to a, a tattoo or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And then she goes on to say, like anything, powerful beauty, um, it it is a double-edged sword. Do you feel like that as a man? No, of course not. <laughs> no. I, I wouldn't even dare tread on that truth. She's speaking pure truth in that moment. And uh, it, it's it's interesting. You know, I, I, I see myself as I'm an advocate and all these things, and I'm just great. And it wasn't until... I mean, obviously, I was coming into the workplace as an adult. So that was a place where I was in larger meetings and whatnot. But Obama commented how actually, no, it was the women in the Obama administration who said that they had to echo each other's comments in meetings with the president. Uh, and just because he didn't always hear them or his staff didn't always acknowledge them because it came from the voice of a woman first. And I went, whoa, you know, this is a man I admire so much. This is an administration that. Uh, really uh, is is running on on how great they are with, with diversity and, and and respecting everyone the same. And even in those circles, it wasn't perfect. And I really started to make a point to, in all my interactions, like, hey, it doesn't matter what party you're in or how you feel about yourself. As a man, you know, you're carrying privilege into certain spaces that maybe you haven't realized, and you do need to check yourself, and uh, not just check yourself, but also 
uh, walk the walk, you know. So when I be, uh, first and uh, first was able able my career to build teams and hire people, as I have been several times now, you should be hiring women. You should be hiring diverse women, and then you should give them all the coaching support knowledge you have, so that they can be better than you are. Because if you aren't doing that, you're just continuing the perpetuation of the problem. So uh, okay. again, it's not perfect, but I, I am definitely trying to push those things forward in the workplace as I can. So we have to take a break, Michael, but when we come back, I'd like for you to expound on that, you know? Um, Mm -hmm. Just say a little bit more about that when we come back. We'll be back in a moment. It is now 10.54. As we wrap up tonight, we have about two and a half minutes uh, to be with you. And my son, Michael, it's always a pleasure having you, Michael, and I wish we had time to talk more about um, her comments that she wrote uh, in the Esquire magazine, but I encourage everyone to look it up. Lakma, how do you pronounce her last name, Michael? Uh, I think it's Lakshmi, isn't it? Her last Michael? Name? Lakshmi. Yeah. Yes, it is yeah. Lakshmi. Yes. So I'm just, it is I'm proud Pad- that she Padma wrote Padma Lakshmi. That. Yeah, Padma. Mm-hmm. So when I read things like that from women who are accomplished and very, um, you know, secure in who they are. I wish that for my granddaughters. I mean, I just want to make sure that they're they're that way. I had different experiences within the church and outside of the church. And I tell you, you know, when I finally opened my eyes and got, you know, got uh, truly understood who I am, um, that's when I woke up. And so I'm so glad that you see yourself through that lens. And I wish we had more time to talk about it. But um, with that said, you have a whole nother week this week. And is there one thing that you hope will happen this week or something that you want to look to for, you know, um, encouragement, that sort of thing? Because this is the week of Thanksgiving. Oh, I mean, I would love for us to get through Thanksgiving and, you know, have COVID, num- COVID numbers still going down. Like, you know, for, for the, this holiday, the, the beginning of the holiday season to be uneventful. People aren't dying People aren't going to the hospital. Numbers aren't spiking. Everyone has a great time, and it starts to feel that much more normal. So I would love that to be the aftermath of this coming Thanksgiving. Amen. Me too, Michael. Me too. Jonathan, is there anything you want to say about Thanksgiving to the audience? Uh, Just um, I know it's been not a difficult year. It's been a difficult 18 to 20 months, and if if you are able to get together with family and able to get together with people that you care about, that you love, uh, treasure the time. Treasure the, uh, the people that you have in your life, um, if, whether you agree with them or not on a whole bunch of things in life. Treasure the fact that you can be there to disagree, argue, agree, uh, pump them up whatever be be grateful that they are in your life because it can be gone too soon that's it gone too soon so if we don't do anything else i know people give thanks at the dinner table but hey try giving thanks every day this week right starting tonight starting tomorrow morning give thanks and offer it to someone that you love Good night, everyone, and thank you so much for sticking and staying with us. Michael, you know I love you, right? I love you, too. Take care, honey. Take care. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours 
and great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Oh, oh, oh. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.